Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. I'm here with Dustin. How are you, Dustin? Hey, Chad. I'm doing well. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We we both spent Saturday at an all-day drill event, and I think it would be cool to start by congratulating maybe one of the hardest-working group of athletes all throughout our, our state, and that's those amazing drill girls. They had their state competitions last week. Congratulations to all those who who placed where they wanted to and won state. But I think all of them deserve some great congratulations because they're maybe, like I said, one of the hardest working group of athletes there are. Yeah, I, I echo that. They are tremendous. The amount of time and effort that they put into that, those routines and the pressure that's on them to perform and in uh, front of all those people, it was, it's pretty cool to watch. So yes, congrats to all of them. And, and uh, to now all the spring sports that are getting started, they're be hopping into their tryouts and practices and soccer and baseball and track and things. It's uh, these kids work hard, man. It's fun to watch them get out there and compete. For sure. So this week's topic actually came, um, I went and spoke to a, a drill team and I talked a little bit about the topic of fear and I did a survey with them and I talked about, I, I asked on the survey, just what are you most afraid of basically? And 29 of 30 girls gave the same exact answer, which I thought was almost statistically impossible, <laughs> but, but I thought that it must be a very real topic. And so I wanted to bring up the topic of fear and neither you or I are experts in this area, but we have had some experiences and have done a little research, just looking over some, some good quotes and things like that. But here's, here's what 29 of them said out of 30. The thing they fear the most is letting down their coaches and teammates and having their mistake be the reason that their team doesn't win. Maybe just to start, Dustin, do you have any thoughts on why that would be such a huge fear among athletes in general, but, uh, but this group of, of athletes? Well, that is one of the, you know, one of the common types of, a fear for athletes is that they're going to, you know, they're going to let others down, a coach, a parent, you know, or, or a teammate. There's, there's several types of fears that athletes, you know, seem to have more common. Um, you know, they're simply, they've worked super hard and, and they don't want all that hard waste or hard work to go to waste. They are, their fear of embarrassing themselves in front of other people, their fear of, like we mentioned, letting people down, they're, parent or teammate or coach. Um, they're afraid of not living up to others' expectations, you know, that, that a parent or a coach has for them. And, and uh, you know, and, and just the fear of, of not performing perfectly after, of, with something they've worked so hard to do and they know they can do, but now in the moment, 
you know, it's that fear of, of choking. Um, and, and, but I think the primary fear as you found out in that survey, and I would guess if you were to ask most, you know, most teams, um, that would be a popular answer. I think particularly in, in that sport of, you know, dance and drill and things where it's, it's very highly based on their ability to perform things at the same time, to be in sequence and to be, you know, in certain spots and spacing and everything that, that it's that fear of, you know, if one person makes a mistake, it can be seen and, and, and points docked and, and then a team can lose. So that's a tremendous amount of pressure on those girls. And, but, you know, I think the, the, the interesting question to that Shad that you asked is why they feel that way. So many of them feel, you know, it's not, they, they didn't say that we're afraid of, of taking second when we think we've worked hard enough to be first, or we're afraid that um, they didn't even say really that their parents would be disappointed. It was that their coaches and that they're, you know, that they would embarrass themselves in front of their, their teammates and their coaches. And so, you know, I, I think that probably comes, you know, as, as a, as a coach myself and, and as a, you know, former athlete myself, that relationship you have with your teammates and with your coaches to know that they don't think any less of you, um, that really, really we failure is part of the deal and we need to embrace failure, but that we appreciate and, and love you and, and care for you, whether you do your very best tonight or not. It's just that you give a full effort because, you know, sometimes things don't work out, but it's easier said than done to try to, you know, get a, an athlete to understand that, most of the people that are in your corner aren't going to be disappointed in you if, if, if you don't, you know, perform as, as perfectly as maybe you could have. They will be if you don't, you know, the disappointment comes from somebody who isn't prepared, somebody who hasn't put in the time or somebody who has cut corners or that sort of thing. I don't think that any coach really feels, I hope they don't feel disappointed in an athlete who has given their all and just happens to fall up short because, in every single sport in the world, there's only one team that gets rewarded at the end of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't believe that means that all the others have, have failed. They just didn't win. And that there's a difference. Yeah. You know, maybe let me start with this, Dustin, just exploring our own experience. Have you ever had seasons or experiences where you have played afraid at versus times where you have played loose and and fear wasn't a big part and maybe just to start there wh what effect in your experience does fear have upon performance well yes i have and it 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 took me i mean it was a it was a paralyzing type of of feeling at times i mean it did sort of type uh, or or causes a sort of you know mental paralysis you could say um to where i just when, when you're playing not to lose or when you're playing playing not to get pulled or not to get cut or not to disappoint mom or dad or not to disappoint coach or teammates when the the, the reason for your performance is a negative one um you know or, or your your motivation is to avoid a negative rather than i want to play because I, I, I'm ready. I want to play to win. I want to play because I've put in the time and I know I can do this and, and play with some confidence. 
you know, I had a situation where I was playing and I would literally peek over at the coach regularly to try to gauge whether or not they were happy with the way I was playing or not. And so in other words, playing not to get pulled, I, I was aware of whether or not, you know, they, they may tell somebody else to, you know, get ready that they were going to be coming in for me or something. And instead of just focusing on the moment and, and doing something that I knew I could do, that I'd done, you know, thousands of times in the past successfully, but I was making such a big deal out of it because I was trying to read the mind of somebody. And that's a sort of, you know, weakness that uh, athletes who are playing with fear can fall into. You start reading people's minds, whether that's mom or dad, or that's coaches, or that's even others around you or, or crowd watching you. When you start becoming a mind reader and trying to interpret, you know, what people might be thinking about your performance, um, you know, it, it's it's when those thoughts then become negative that, oh, man, they, I don't think they think I'm doing well. They don't seem as happy or they don't seem as excited about about my play. They must not think I'm good. Then you start to take on that that fear of, of not getting pulled or fear of getting cut mentality. And that just leads to playing stiff and uncomfortable. And you're, you're you know, the, the brain um, locks up the body. And, and that's the difference between when you hear people say that they've played loose or when you hear an athlete say, I was in the zone, you know, and any athlete that's been in that zone before knows that it's sort of a, it's sort of a place where you just are, you're, you're almost mindless, right? Like you just don't have anything going through your head other than just, just, you just, you're like water, right? You're just playing, you're, you're, you're in the flow of things and, and the game just kind of goes by and you don't even really remember much of it. You were just so focused and, it's if there was a magic pill that we could give to everybody that would put them into that zone mentality, it would be a, a best, you know, it'd be a bestseller. But unfortunately <laughs> we can't say to an athlete, in fact, it's actually counterproductive to say to an athlete, Hey, don't be afraid or don't feel anxious or, you know, don't be nervous. Like you, 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 you that doesn't work. We can't say that. Right. And I mean, that's, that's, that seems like a nice thing to say, but that's, I, I remember being told once, hey, don't be nervous. And I, I wasn't nervous. And so I kind of wondered, well, should I be? You know, like, um, and there's a difference between being nervous and being excited. I tell athletes that all the time. Hey, nervousness comes from when you don't feel like you've prepared yourself and, and you're, you know, but excitement to go do something that you're ready for, that's different. You're just, you're, you're, you're excited to get going. You want to go do your thing, but don't talk yourself into thinking that you're nervous and therefore, you know, you're afraid you're going to make a mistake because you're so nervous. Flip that to make that a positive. I'm so excited to go do well because I'm ready for this moment. Um, and so, yes, I think that when we, when we can get our athletes to, Hey, once you step out there on the court or the field or wherever it is, it's muscle memory. Now you've got to clear your head and just play. And that's where I think, you know, teaching kids to understand, to listen to what's being said and not how it's being said. You know, sometimes the coach does raise their voice when speaking to an athlete. And, you know, I think it's important to athletes to ask themselves, how am I receiving, you know, this information and what am I going to compartmentalize here? What am I going to take from what was said? If, if I'm receiving the information that my coach is really mad at me and he hates me or she hates me, um, and then I compartmentalize that as I'm not good enough, um, that can lead to negative performance. I think if we focus on what was said and not necessarily 
you know, how it was being said, you know, they may raise their voice, but again, teach our kids to think positively. They're coaching me. What are they saying? How can that help me? And they wouldn't be giving me this if they didn't think I could do it. So now I'm going to compartmentalize it as, okay, I've got some tips to go and play better. I can do that. And, you know, now go do it. But that takes training. That's not something you just, you just do overnight. I mean, we got to train our kids. And then as coaches, we have to make sure that we're, we're not leaning on, on fear as too much of a motivator because it's a pretty short term motivator. If, if we are constantly threatening and it can lead to anxiety and, you know, panic attacks and, and doubt, which then leads to very poor performance. I agree. In fact, a quote came to mind as you were saying that oftentimes we, our athletes, one of the skills we could teach our athletes is to not tell themselves negative stories in their head. Cheryl Strayed said this, fear to a great extent is born of a story we tell ourselves. And so oftentimes we, our coach will say A and we kind of connect it to B, C, you know, like, hey, let's go. It's all right. Box out. Get a rebound. Like that really is all the coach meant, right? <laughs> but sometimes a player will take that and think, oh, man, if I don't get this next rebound, they're going to take me out. They're frustrated. They're, you know, we tell ourselves all these stories in our head when our coach is just giving us a reminder. And I have, I've had those same experiences, Dustin, where I – have played loose where I almost feel like maybe in a good sense, hopefully I was excited to kind of show off. I felt yeah. so prepared. I felt so in the zone that I was excited to have the opportunity to show what I could do or as a team to show what we could do. And then there were other times where I just approached it, not wanting to make a mistake, you know, I think from a baseball player's perspective, I had games where I was sitting there hoping, disappointed that the ball, if the ball was not hit to me, like I wanted the ball hit to me. I wanted to make a play. And then there were other games for whatever reason where I was sitting there and the ball would come off the bat and I was thinking, oh, crud, you know, here we go. I hope I don't boot this ball. And, and so here's a question I have. You've done a lot of coaching, both the mental side of the game and, and coaching football and, and other sports. Are there some things that coaches can do to increase that anxiety, that panic, that fear? Are there things coaches do or parents can do in conversations that increase fear? as the motivator instead of get leaving athletes with the desire to just go show off. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think first of all, we get, you know, coaches and parents can get too animated, too excited. Um, you know, one of the, the best coaches in the world seem to stay pretty, pretty steady. You know, I, I've, I read it once very simple phrase. I, I don't remember where, but I, I remember a phrase 82 degrees and breezy. And, and the basic gist of that is it's just a nice 82 degree day with a slight breeze, just not too hot, not too cold. They just sort of stay at, at 82 degrees, you know, and a little breeze. They're not, at, they don't 
get super negative and super cold and, and, and pessimistic and they don't get super hot and animated and over the top crazy where it, cause that then changes the whole energy of your team. And they're looking to the coach when something's not going well. And, and it's, this is difficult for coaches to do. And um, we all try, but fail at this regularly. But when something's not going well in a game and the, the kids are looking to their leader, so they're looking at the coach or they're going to look at their, you know, their captains. And when they see panic in the eyes of, of their leader, you know, then that they're obviously going to take that as, oh, this really is bad. When they see calmness and, and confidence and uh, patience in the eyes of the leader, it's and that it's, hey, there's a lot of games still left to play. We're okay. Settle down. Um, rather than even saying anything, just the demeanor and the way that you carry yourself can send that message, you know, to the players that, that you're okay. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, we don't. Um, you know, sometimes we try to fix the problem ourselves when someone's afraid. We start telling them all the things they need to do to not be afraid. And we don't understand the situation. I, you know, I think it's better to acknowledge the fear, you know, to, yes, this, this can be tough. And, and yes, your team is counting on you, but you got this, you can do this. You're ready for this, you know, acknowledge that, Hey, you're not wrong for feeling afraid right now. Everybody's afraid to lose. And everybody out here is at some degree afraid, but reassure them that they're okay, that you can do it, but, but not necessarily try to, to fix the problem with them. And then for sure, what we don't want to do is ask them, you know, are you anxious? Are you nervous? Are you, you know, I, I don't think reminding them of that, you know, I, I, I probably assume they are feeling some feelings and, and, and I think positivity and, and, you know, positive mental approach and visualizing success. And, and I tell athletes all the time, now this is just my strategy. I, I don't like ultra focus hours before a game. What I mean by that is that I think two or three hours before the game, this is just me personally. So it might not be the same for everybody, but I'm trying to save as much energy I can mentally and physically and emotionally for the game. I sometimes see three or four hours before the game, kids are locked in. They've got their music on, they're serious, they're, and, and, and they're just getting themselves a little bit amped and a little bit, I think, ultra you know, focused, I, you know, there's a phrase you've heard me say before, Shad, that you want to be, you know, loose, but not silly. Um, you know, there's a difference between that, right? So you want to be loose, but we'd also don't want to be out of control, silly. The opposite of that is being, you know, you know, being tight. And so, um, you know, relax a little bit. And for some kids, maybe they don't want to be crazy focus three hours before the game it might be better for them to be lighthearted and telling some jokes and and just a normal day and then hey as it gets closer to the game i'll start kind of getting into my zone but i had a coach once that wanted us you know nobody could say a word on these bus rides and we were hours away from the game and we were all on the bus just well that just led to mind wandering and starting to think about you know, all sorts of stuff unrelated and, and sometimes negative things. I would have had, it would have been better for me if I could have just been loosey goosey talking to my buddies and then, Hey, when we get there, do what you got to do to be ready, but trust your athletes that they know how to get themselves ready for the game. And don't assume that everybody has the same routine all the time. Yeah. I, I love those, those tips. I, 
I was thinking at it from the perspective too of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, Sheldon, who comes on our podcast uh, frequently, you know, he's a cognitive behavioral therapist and, and he has this saying, face it and replace it. That's kind of the, the gist of cognitive behavioral therapy, that it's not denying feelings. It's not, you know, trying to suppress feelings, but it's acknowledging feelings like, yeah, man, I feel nervous. But the replace it part is you face it like, man, I am feeling nervous. I am afraid of letting down my teammates or I am afraid of losing this game to our rival. But you replace it with a, a healthier thought. So that's what cognitive behavioral therapists do. They face feelings, unhealthy feelings, and they help them replace it. And one of the things that I think we could replace feelings of fear and anxiety and panic that, that we could acknowledge we're feeling that, but that one of the thoughts that we can replace it with is something that we say so much, so many say it, but focus on the controllables. You know, a coach, hey, to, to say things like, look, guys, we've done everything we can to prepare for this game. You have earned the right to be confident. We are ready to go. So I know you're feeling anxiety right now. I know you're feeling maybe even some fear and some pressure. Let's just let that go. There are certain things within your control and there are certain things without. The things that are within your control are your attitude and your effort. So for the next what, however many minutes or whatever, I'm just demanding two things of you. Great attitude and great effort. That, that's all I can ask. You know, we're baked at this point. We are the team that we are coming into this. We're as strong as we're going to be. We can do nothing about that now. You know, we're as skilled as we could be. We can't do anything about that now. But we can focus on our effort and our attitude. And one thing that I've seen both from coaches and from captains sometimes is it's a lot. It's really healthy just to understand no matter what game we're playing, whether it's a drill competition or whether it's a basketball, baseball, football game, soccer game, there, there are going to be moments in the game where people make mistakes or where the other team wins. You could call a great play as an offensive coordinator. It could be executed perfectly on the offensive end. But if the defense calls the perfect play, it's not going to work, right? And so I think the coach, the 82 degrees and breezy coach, one of the ways they create that atmosphere is by understanding that sports would be super boring if you knew what was going to happen on every play, if every shot went in, if every everything was executed perfectly, and not to demand that. And I've seen some some captains, for example, who think, that it is a leader to yell at people when they make mistakes, you know, that by yelling at their teammates, that people are going to look and be like, wow, look at that kid. He's a leader. Well, it depends on what he's yelling. You know, if he's yelling, Hey man, it's all right. It's all right. Get up next play. Let's go. <laughs> like, let, you got this. You could do it. That's a leader. Um, someone who's calling attention to the fact that a teammate made a mistake and, 
and that they recognize it and are yelling at their teammate for making mistakes. I don't know that that's the best way to lead. And it creates a, an atmosphere of, of fear instead of an atmosphere of this looseness and performance. And anyway, that was a long way to say, Dustin, that I, th- I think one of the things we can replace fear with is by just telling ourselves, okay, I have control of two things, attitude and effort. And the more those things are concentrated on, the the better it is. And sometimes focusing on outcome, like, okay, are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Sometimes we don't have complete control of that, but we do have control of attitude and effort. And that seems to reduce stress and anxiety and fear when we can, when we concentrate on controllables. I agree. That's, that's the key to really, I think, finding peace in a lot of areas of life, you know, outside of sports is that so many of us are so concerned about things that we have no, you know, real ability to change. Um, And we get caught up in that, like I mentioned earlier, in that mind reading game of being too worried about what other people think and, and trying to diagnose by looking at people reading their minds and and then a lot of our self-doubt will come out in our impressions there we'll we'll see or we'll assume that they're thinking the worst in us um and if we're if we're living our life you know in, in that way trying to you know afraid of things we can't control and without the confidence to understand that maybe they're thinking the opposite maybe they're thinking wow i can't believe how how terrific this person is or how awesome this moment is and and so having those positive thoughts and, but, you know, my, there, I have some notes here. I, I actually stumbled across from, I don't know where I was, some coaching clinic or seminar or something of just some ways to, you know, better coach kids that might be struggling with, with, I mean, it's anxiety, but it's similar, right? Anxiety and fear. Um, so a, a couple things that I had written here was that for parents or coach or coaches to notice in advance those physical signs and make the, make your athlete aware of what those are, you know, to tell your athletes in advance what those physical signs are, whether it's lightheadedness or, or, you know, their muscles getting feeling tight or, or sweaty hands or they're breathing, you know, faster or shallow breathing, you know, those are symptoms that can come on that can tell a person, Hey, you're starting to feel, you know, anxious and, and afraid. And let's talk about it before the game. And let's, let's then have some things that we can do, you know, to help address that and, and then teaching them what those are. What are those things that you can do in advance to address that fear, or that anxiety uh, might be taking deep breaths or listening to music or talking to a friend or somebody or whatever calms and, you know, it can get you um, to distract you from the moment. Um, getting good sleep, you know, what do you, you know, make sure kids are eating properly before games and things. And these are different things that we can make them aware. And, and then the other thing I had down here was, you know, to be patient, that understand that, you know, player A and player B may have a completely different mindset going into the game, but an anxiety and fear can seem, you know, it, sometimes it won't make sense to us why they're feeling the way they are or what the trigger is that's connected to them and, and why they feel that way. But to stay confident and to, uh, you know, make sure that they know um, that we believe in them. And, and as coaches, we need to earn the respect from the players. We need to correct our own errors when we're not coaching properly. We need to self-evaluate ourselves and 
And I think the best coaches look at themselves and sometimes even apologize. You need to as a coach or a parent. When we act inappropriately and we add to the stress level of our son or daughter, our players, you know, I think the players appreciate it when a coach or a parent can say, hey, I was out of line. That's on me. I, I brought an extra level of, of anxiety or of pressure that I need to do better as a coach and I'll be better at that. And sometimes taking, admitting and taking the fall for the kids so that they really feel like you're in it with them rather than, Hey, that's on you. You guys didn't perform. You know, you can't say that. And then in the same time, talk to the kids about you're all one team or all one family or all these things. But then when they mess up, you call them out in the media or you in private, tell them it was their fault or their, you know, you're either all in or you're all out, but you, uh, the kids need to know, you know, I, we can't be intimidating, you know, trying to scare kids into playing hard and using ours because we're adults using power intimidation tactics. Uh, that's not the way to run a team. And, 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 you know, we're the leaders as the coaches and we're the leader as the parents. And when we go into coaching or, or parenting, we need to understand it, it is a very emotional experience there are lots of times when players are going to make mistakes. They're going to lose their cool. We're going to lose our cool as well. But we, as coaches and parents, need to be the adults and be prepared and ready for those and to have a plan to def diffuse and, and calm the situation rather than to fuel it by pouring gasoline on it because we become too emotionally connected to it's a game. And yeah, it's supposed to be a game. And yes, it's supposed to teach life lessons. But, you know, Shad, you and I were talking about this last week. Sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that sports is teaching us all these great lessons. If we're not being intentional in what we want it to teach us, sometimes sports in all of our good hearted, you know, trying to give our kids and give our players you know, the, the benefit of being part of a team and playing athletics because we think it's going to make them these stronger individuals and these better people. Um, if we're not careful, it can also create some very bad habits. It can create very bad reputations for people when they're done playing sports. And it can create enemies and wedges in relationships and things that for the rest of their life, you know, serve as, as sores and as, as painful memories that they don't want to go back to because we let it get out of hand. And so as adults and as parents, it's our job to make sure that we're not becoming, you know, so focused on the, uh, the outcome that we ruin the, the experience in the process by intimidating and using fear and causing anxiety in a generation of kids that are already more likely to feel anxious and more likely to be afraid. And remember when they make a mistake now, some of these kids go right to the internet to see if their mistake's been broadcast to the whole world by somebody, which it oftentimes is. And that wasn't the case when we grew up. We didn't have to worry about it getting put on Twitter or getting put on Instagram because somebody else's, you know, big hit on somebody on a football field is their highlight film, but it's somebody else's low light film. And they're going to hear it when that gets posted. And so that might be another thing to remind our kids about is, hey, if, when you put something online, if if the opponent was, you think, humiliated in that moment, maybe don't put it on there. You know, everybody that was there that needed to see it saw it. But, you know, maybe think about the person that got embarrassed in that. And is it really necessary that we post that video if 
the outcome might be that it really hurts, you know, some other uh, person in the process. And I think that's how we as adults can better address these things. I appreciate that, Dustin. I, I just kind of, boy, talking about outcomes at all, leading with outcomes, even if kids win, I think it sets up this because if we praise, we talked about this in one of our first podcasts, but praising the podium versus the process, you know, but I think it would be a good practice to always lead with what's most important, you know, so a kid wins a state championship, man, I I could care less whether you won that. Congratulations, but I'm so proud of how hard you worked. I'm so proud of you getting up after you got knocked down. I'm so proud of all of that. And as we talk about those things that really matter, that are always in control, that our athletes are always in control of, I think that that really does help. And I love a few quotes, Dustin. Maybe we could close with just a few quotes that I love, and and maybe I'll apply it to a few of the things we've talked about. But one is from... Andy Andrews' book, The Traveler's Gift, great book, but in it, he has the character of Anne Frank say this, fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out one's future. And then another quote that I love on fear, don't let your fear of what could happen make nothing happen. And the reason why I love those two quotes is I, I see when fear, sometimes fear is produced by parents and coaches, and it can become so overwhelming by doing some of these things, you know, really in a showy way, pulling a kid out of a game or embarrassing a kid or focusing so much on outcomes and expressing disappointment when the outcome isn't what we as a coach or a parent hoped, even though the kids gave great attitude, great effort with great attitude. When fear becomes too much a part of things, there is this temptation to carve your future with fear, to not, it it was such a miserable experience to just go into games just full of fear instead of excitement, that then we just don't do stuff because we hate that feeling so much. And, And sometimes that limits the future of of athletes whether it be in athletics or in other avenues of their life that fear is just such an unpleasant thing and when they begin to carve their future with fear and just avoid fear then instead of facing it and replacing it with other things it limits them and and so then they make sure that nothing happens right because their fear of what could happen well i'll just avoid it Um, I might lose, I might not get the part, I might not get the scholarship, I might not get whatever, so I'm not even going to try, and that makes it 100% sure that nothing's going to happen, and and I just, I love the, um, I love this from Nelson Mandela, he says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it, the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear and and then Dale Carnegie do the thing you fear to do and keep on doing it. That is the quickest and surest way ever yet discovered to conquer fear. 
And so I think it's good to think, okay, what can I do as a parent or coach to make fear not be a big part of my athlete's experience and then to teach these athletes to face their fear and to, to work through it and to use sports as an opportunity to learn to deal with fear in a healthy way and not let that control and paralyze us, but let those situations that sports puts our athletes in be an opportunity for them to learn to process fear, to face it, to replace it with healthier things, to work through it, because that fear really is a poor chisel with which to carve our future. And I think we've both learned that in our lives and it would be a great thing to use sports to teach our athletes that very valuable lesson. I agree. Embrace it. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process. It's going to happen. Let's not, let's not make it worse. Let's not add to it. It is something that all kids have to learn how to battle through. And, and every kid we have, whether it's our own child or someone we coach is going to have different levels of it, different things that, that they do fear or that causes them to feel anxious and uh, I think approaching each one individually and uh, making them, you know, doing our best to help them understand and believe that they can do it and that we're not uh, disappointed in them if they fail because, hey, that is part of the deal. And we've talked about that before. Failure is not a bad thing. It's most of the lessons come from from uh, losing and then deciding afterwards what to do about it. And and that's where resiliency gets built and and hopefully positive habits and and but we as parents just love 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 give give our kids hope be positive don't backbite and talk about other players and other people um that control what you can control and make sure we're making this experience a positive one be intentional with the direction we want this to go for our our players or our kids and don't just hope that it's a positive one because if we do that it can actually uh you know, end with, with being a negative experience for kids. So we as adults have that responsibility. So yeah, man, I great topic today, Shad, and I appreciate you, you know, hosting this today and, and leading the discussion and, and uh, eyes up, do the work, right? Let's go. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforalfies.org slash book.